Back in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app around 540 today. We'll chat with Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com who will give more in-depth thoughts on two of the games that we get to pick right now in our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good. It makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. Well, Trey and I made a couple of picks earlier this week. We will recap that and all of them early next week in the fast lane. Virginia Cavaliers, they are off this week, so we pivot away first to best bets outside of our triple header of college football, which includes Virginia Tech hosting Wake Forest. Three other games that we get to touch on right now, and it begins with the marquee matchup for many this weekend. All the big major pregame shows that I don't watch, but I know they are there. They will be at Oregon, a three-point Actually, underdog. just game day is there. Game day is Big there. noon is at USC Notre Dame, which oh, we also have on here. Yes, so. well, we have on our list as well. So anyway, Oregon, at, clearly I don't even pay attention to these pregame shows or anything like that. When you have I kids watch and, them. Yeah, I mean, once when, you get a little older, you know, I, I love watching football. Something has to go. Pre-game shows are real games. It's easy to me. I can ditch the pre-game shows. Oregon plus three at Washington. Over under 67. Trey. I am pumped to see this matchup. I think it's going to be the game of the weekend. Uh, but I think Oregon doesn't just cover. They win. I think they're the more complete team. They're going to be the more physical team. Uh, I do expect Washington to hit some big plays. Um this kind of reminds me of the Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins matchup a few weeks ago. Like, a very physical team with a really good quarterback versus a very explosive team. Um, so I'll take Oregon, and I'll take the over 67. I'm a little bit different. I've got Oregon to cover as well, and I like them because of their play in the trenches. I'm going under 67, though. I think Oregon can control the game. That is the key deciding factor as to why I will take the Ducks. Meanwhile... Uh, can I add one more thing there? Sure, fire away. Uh, this game might give me the same sense as my biggest takeaway from Texas and Oklahoma last week, where it feels like, all right, this is clear-cut two of the best teams in the country, the two best teams in their conference. They're going to rematch again in the conference championship game. I'm getting that same sense here with Oregon and Washington. I can see how you would get to that point because of what we get to in game number two, which is USC, a sieve defensively, and they're getting two and a half points. Notre Dame, the favorite at home for a game that has a 60.5 over under. So I'm shockingly going under here, under 60 and a half. Notre Dame is way too conservative in big games. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, USC has the best player in the country, and his name is Caleb Williams. I think it's going to cost them when they play in Oregon and Washington. It will not cost them against Notre Dame. USC wins this game. I don't get how USC is a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. It really makes no sense to me. That's something fishy with that line. Um, uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Trojans here to, to not just cover but win out. I'm going the other way. I think your thought of it being fishy is they want the public to take USC and the points because of Caleb Williams and the high-flying offense. But Notre Dame, I think they bottomed out against Louisville last week. Now is a circle the wagon spot where you can get a big win against USC. Your playoff hopes are dashed. But if you get a big win in a rivalry game, a lot can be atoned for. And I expect that to happen. I'm with you, though. I think at some point offense will happen. Caleb Williams will put up points. I think this is a game where Notre Dame's offense comes alive a little bit more. So I'm going over 60.5. Miami. Three-point underdog at North Carolina. Our next guest, well, not our next guest, our 5.40 p.m. guest, Brett Friedlander, will be at this game over under a 56.5. Trey? Carolina, and uh, I think Miami is too rattled from last week. They seemed to, They said they put it in the background, but I tweeted that North Carolina was the best team in the ACC, so I'm going to ride them to the end. They have the best quarterback in the 
in the conference by far. Carolina's defense looked really good last week for being a Carolina defense, and they just need to be average, and I think they'll be really good. Um, so I'm going over 56.5, um, but I think Carolina covers the three here. If you're in the spot where you can get down on Heisman voting, as stupid as it is, if that's not an option, really is easily in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 16 to 1, 18 to 1, Drake May. I think now's the time to consider it. Now you may get a little extra time because whoever wins Oregon, Washington, if there are actually points in that game, I don't think there'll be as especially many. Especially if expected. it's Michael Penix. But if it's Penix, especially, you could start to run away with it. But I think Drake May could elevate North Carolina. The ACC is navigable. He is that type of a talent. People are overlooking that because of the Caleb Williams hype. And I get that. But I think this is the type of year where Drake May can slowly start to build his resume for the draft, and the Miami game is a perfect opportunity. Miami's in a prove-it spot. They have to prove it to me they can handle adversity like the botched decisions at the end of the game last week that cost them a victory. Traditionally, Miami has curled up into the fetal position and just basically given up on the season after those type of moments. I need to see it out of that program that they can actually fight through some kind of adversity. Meanwhile, game one of our triple header tomorrow features Ohio State, according to Trey Sheet, catching fit 19 and a half at Purdue. They're a oh, plus 19.5 no, underdog. Minus, Trey, nope, I'm going with yours. No, I'm taking Ohio State nope, plus the 19.5 with, within 11.30 airtime on the CBS Sports Radio. Ed, program. you know it's a minus 19 and a half. I'm assuming you're, you you would still take Ohio State. I mean, I, I will take Ohio State, but hey, if the book puts it at plus 19 and a half and somebody gets it. Hey, man. I mean, there's different forms of etiquette for that, honestly, but, you know, hey. Some people own. have typos, and that was a typo there. Uh, so, you know, it's a top-five team at Purdue. So, when in doubt, you take the Boilermakers. I know big game Brahms not there anymore, but this has been a house of horrors for Ohio State. So, I'm going to take Purdue, and I'm going to – and basically so I can – break even because I think if Ohio State blows this open it'll still go over so it'll go over 52. I'm going Ohio State in under so we are off the minus 20 and a half. Yes well okay. I'm going 19 and a half because that's what should have been on the sheet. We're not giving you any more. You already had a typo. You've got to atone for that at some point. Meanwhile Trey our other games this coming weekend is part of our double and actually triple header. Well the third one is Carolina Miami. We got to that a moment ago. The middle game though the big one Wake and Virginia Tech Hokies, a one-and-a-half point favorite. That's not a typo. It's flipped. No, I've seen that. Virginia Tech is the one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, give me the Hokies. Wake's offense is awful. If you think Virginia Tech's offense is bad, Wake's is worse. Uh, it's like they lost their all-ACC quarterback last year. Uh, Virginia Tech, um, I think you can trust Wake to run the ball somewhat, so I think like two or three big runs are going to be hit by Wake. So I'll go over 48. I'm going under 48. It's expected to be rainy in Blacksburg. That can often suppress the scoring. Homecoming uh, game. I expect that to be the case. Look, weird things happen in those mid-afternoon games in the rain in Blacksburg, and Virginia Tech has benefited from those numerous times over the year. But I'm going with my head on this, which says Virginia Tech struggles defensively to deal with run-based assignments, and Wake Forest with the slow mesh, even though Mitch Griffiths is no Sam Hartman, that they can still execute that portion of the option. I'm going to make Virginia Tech prove me that they can do it. I do believe it's possible, but I'm just going to say, you know what? Prove to me you can do it, Virginia Tech. So I will take Wake and under 48, although if I'm recommending this to anyone, honestly, it's a stay away. Meanwhile, Trey, NFL games, we have a quadruple header once again starting at 9 a.m., Four and a half, the Ravens against the Titans. Theoretically, I don't like playing teams at the worst of the number, and the Ravens opened up at about two and a half. It's up to four and a half. They're at the Titans, but it's really in London. I will take the Ravens for the sake of this, though, and like a lot of international games, I'm going under, which is 42. Uh, I'll go over 42. I think scoring's going to happen a little bit. I think the Ravens want to prove a point offensively after a really bad performance against the Steelers, a lot of drops. 
Uh, I'm taking the Ravens as well. Uh, I think travel matters. Ravens have been in London all week. Titans just got there. Um, so I think that's why you. That's why I took Jacksonville. I even took the Jacksonville money line last week. Uh, so I'm going to go Ravens and over 42. Meanwhile, Commanders at the Falcons, who are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Atlanta is. They are a favorite against Washington. That's game two of our triple header, our quadruple header, a one o'clock kick, an over-under of 42-and-a-half. Trey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go that whole zigzag, particularly when you're talking about two teams I think are largely mediocre in the Commanders and the Falcons. Falcons off the win, Commanders off the loss. I know Atlanta plays well at home, but this is the spot where, you know, Atlanta, again, may get the victory. Similar to last week, though, if you're giving me extra points, particularly if this gets up to three, give me the Commanders to at least cover. Yeah, no. Uh, the Commanders have a bad run defense, and they're facing one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL with Bijan Robinson who's also my fantasy team, so I really need a big day from him. Ah, of course. But but Desmond Ritter is undefeated at home. The last time he lost a home game, he was in high school. So uh, give me Atlanta. I will take the under 42.5, though. I, I like Atlanta's defense. They're salty. Meanwhile, Eagles 6.5-point favorite at the Jets, over under a 41. Weather could be a factor. Eagles will control the game on the ground if the opportunity is there. We saw that last week. No Jalen Carter, no Darius Slay. I think Philadelphia still can control this game. I'll take a minus six and a half. I'm going under 41. I think it's a lower scoring game that Philly controls. You're picking the Eagles for once. Uh, I'm also taking the Eagles here. Uh, Yeah, I I just think they're the better football team. Uh, Jets have improved a lot better. I think with the secondary holes the Philadelphia's had, I lean to the over 41 so, I mean, I, I, I could see it being like a, a 35-21 kind of game, even game, e- even in the rain. Game four of our quadruple header, Giants at the Bills. Giants a 15-point underdog, uh, over under a 44. Bills are banged up, but I don't think the Giants are good enough Not to exploit it. Not as bad as the it. Giants. Well, the Giants aren't good enough to exploit it either. Uh, jo- I'll just go simple. Josh Allen's the best quarterback and the best player on the field. Stephon Diggs is second to that. I think the Buffalo Bills can score at will and suppress this Giants offense. Give me the Bills. Give me the under 44. As much as I want to take the tie god, I am wearing his his Virginia Tech jersey right now. You know, the tie god is starting for the Giants this week. Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Everyone should have known who I was talking about. Uh, I... Yeah, it's it's Buffalo and over 44. Xfinity and Cup, they are at Las Vegas this coming weekend. Um, for the Xfinity, I'll go with Justin Allgaier. He's been very good on these types of tracks. And JR Motorsports has been very good. Uh, you know, This is going to be as predictable as imaginable in this race. The Xfinity and the Cup race at Vegas. Give me Hendrick and give me Toyota. Obviously, minus Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs, because I don't think they're going to get the same amount of support as their other organizations. So for the Xfinity Series race, I'll go with Justin Allgaier. This is the weird spot in the truck race. It's where I would say Martin Truex Jr. snaps that skid of all the negativity. You mean cup race. In the cup race. And gets a victory. And even though he's been cold, as you can imagine, recently, he'll punch his ticket into the championship race weekend at Phoenix and may not even carry momentum in there as they've got uh, no Martinsville as the last, well, Homestead and then Martinsville. But uh, this is where I think Truex actually gets his form back right. So how Truex got his groove back. Trey. I don't think Truex is making the championship four. I said this on Bringing the Heat this week, that this guy is going to make the championship four, and he's going to do it by winning at Las Vegas. He's been flying on the radar this postseason. Tyler Reddick wins the cup race. Toyota's been really good at Vegas. He's been really good this postseason. And I'm going for a Toyota sweep 
uh, John Hunter Nemechek wins the Xfinity Series race. That's as easy as it gets. Meanwhile, it's also easy to get insight from WSET's Dave Walls as he joins us now here in the fast lane. Dave, big game for us, high school football presented by TrostLaw.com. Jefferson Forest Cavalier football presented by TrostLaw.com with a 6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill tailgate show. They are at EC Glass. People ask me if I had to make a hypothetical lanes lines on this. I would favor EC Glass because they've won. They've got a winning streak in the series, and they've been here before as a program, even with the new head coach. Are you on board with that theory, or is this the time where JF asserts themselves? You know, that's what I'm <laughs> – I kind of think this is the most even matchup we've had in this rivalry in probably the last two decades, if you go back. There's either been a period where JF was making those runs in the early 2010s towards states and Glass was on a downswing or Glass was on the upswing while JF was rebuilding uh, the last couple of years. But you got both teams coming in relatively hot. I mean, both teams have scored over 200 points already this year with some tight defensive action. Uh, JF has got some of the bigger bodies up front than I think we've seen from a Cavalier squad easily and, you know, in recent memory um, and Jam's offensive output was more impressive. Remember they had that one game that was basically called after the half against Halifax County. So, I mean, uh, offensively, you know, this is uh, both teams can put up points in big bunches and, uh, you know, defensively, both these teams have had their tests. You know, JF has already had to, uh, you know, defeat a couple higher caliber teams. Old glass had to, take out Lobotaton in their opening game. Patrick Henry was their only loss, but uh, PH has been rolling, and that was only a 10-point loss at that. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily have a winner. If you, if you had to put, you know, if I had to make a pick, I would probably say maybe Glass is a slight favor because they've been there and done that. But this is certainly, I think, the most reasonable uh, matchup or, or lineup, I should say, if you're going to say Jefferson Forrest, you know, is a position to get a win, I, I can certainly see that. So I don't necessarily – and know which way this one's going to go tonight. I think that's what makes this one just that that little bit more intriguing. Dave, you're talking out of, I'm not going to say both sides of your mouth, but you're talking up a good case for both of these teams, which I would say ultimately lends to the fact that our listeners who check out Jefferson Forest Cavalier Football presented by TrostLaw.com, it'll be a 7 o'clock kick from City Stadium when JF and EC Glass battled this evening. That This should be a fun back-and-forth game. Question being, though, the flow of the game. We've seen both these teams play defensive slugfests at times. We've seen them both light it up offensively. How do you think this goes, and does it maybe start one way, a lot of defense, and then ultimately change, open up more offensively as the teams get comfortable and the urgency increases? Yeah, I certainly don't expect either team to come punching out of the gate right away. Uh, Glass has shown that they've had some problems and penalties. They kind of come in big bunches, and so I think everyone's going to be a little bit amped up for this one off the bat. Uh, if, you, if you're able to take control of the game early, that certainly gives you a, a big uh, a big boost right there. Um, I, I see this one honestly coming down to a second ha- a, a second half uh, momentum shift. Who's going to come out of the locker room with the better momentum? Uh, who's got the deeper roster? I think both squads are pretty deep. Um, I'm I'm curious to see the battle in the trenches because I think JF has had one of the best offensive lines in the Seminole District this year, and I'm curious to see how well they can hold up against uh, some really elite competition because I thought Glass early in the year uh, looked like they were the ones who were going to be able to make the deeper runs, and I've seen them not necessarily break down, but certainly they get a little bit more tired late in the season. I know uh, Coach Lovelace from EC Glass has been running them a little extra hard in practice because uh, that's not something you're going to do when you got JF. EC 
you got uh, LCA, and you, you got the the beef of your Seminole District schedule still to come. So uh, I'll be interested to see who's better conditioned in the second half of this one because certainly both these teams, like I said, I think it's a pretty even matchup, and I'll, I'm curious to see who can really strike first and uh, able to take a hold of that momentum late. Dave Walls, WSCT is the Twitter handle. Dave, last one for you, and we got about a minute or so. The winner of this game, a lot of people think they might be at the top of the region standings. Realistically, though, is it reasonable to say that while they might be at the top in terms of the mathematics, that Salem will be a force that still must be accounted for as postseason play gets going? A hundred percent. Salem, you know, has been there, done that, bought the book. You know, they uh, they know what it takes to make it to states and win championships. And yes, this is a big boost, but you have to prove tonight, you know, if you're going to be uh, winning this one and, and starting to talk that talk after the game, that your your resume starts to back it up. It's it's not going to be something if you win this one 14 to 7 or, you know, 10 to 7 or something like that. You've got to prove that you can put up points, you can dominate a team on the defensive side of the ball and you've got to be able to prove that you can do it consistently you know there is just a gap between those state championship caliber teams and the teams that are pretty good at can make a run right now i think tonight's one of those defining games where we find out where jf and glass stands but at the same time you know a win here does not guarantee that everybody's going to start talking about you uh come uh, late november early december so Start to make your postseason statement now. Get a big win, make it in dominant fashion, and then we can talk about the postseason. But this is just step one. So uh, let's curtail the state talk until uh, we get after this one. We see where you stand. Dave Walls, WSET, the Twitter handle, and he's with ABC 13 and joining us here in the Fast Lane. Dave, good to connect with you today. Thank you so much. Enjoy the Black and Blue Bowl this evening, and we look forward to uh, bringing it to our listeners as well on the uh, VirginiaTalkRadioNetwork.com website and the Virginia's Talk Station app. And you got it. We'll see you out there. Have a great night. Indeed. Looking forward to it. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us here in the fast lane. When we return, we will pivot back to college football. And quickly, Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com on the big one tomorrow in Blacksburg, Wake and Virginia Tech.